1: Hey, everybody, Steve Alexander, Dr. A, NBC Sports Edge. It's Thursday, January 20th, and Raphael Johnson and I are bringing you a special Centers of Attention edition of the Round Ball Stew. Uh, Raphael, we could probably use all of our time today talking about centers, but we're going to try to matter some other positions in there before we're done. Uh, how was your Wednesday night? It was a busy one.
2: Yeah, it was crazy. I think... You know, some of the centers that blew up, we kind of expect like a Joel Embiid or Nikola Jokic, but there are others, too, that they came for it. You know, Mo Bamba knocking down seven threes. He beats a Kelly Olenek is back, too. So a lot to discuss at that position, one that some people said was kind of dead, you know, a couple of years ago just because of the move to positionless basketball. But centers are still here.
1: Well, I was kind of supposed to fly to Las Vegas this morning. Oh really? I thought I might be doing this podcast from a suite at the MGM Grand, but it it didn't work out. I didn't have the guts to pull the trigger. So my boys are there right now. I I elected to stay back and be responsible, <laughs> be a responsible uh, adult human being. But there will be other trips, and I'm I'm going next time. But anyway, let's get into what happened on Wednesday night, man. It was crazy right from the get go. Joel Embiid scored 20 in the first quarter, I believe destroying everyone in his path had 50 points 12 boards three blocks a three-pointer he only played 27 minutes Jeez, hit 17 of 23 shots 15 of 17 free throws you know some somebody on twitter said you know you watch joel Embiid and you see how big he is and some of the things that he does just don't make sense like he's so good
2: yeah i'd agree with that you know i If not for Nikola Jokic, we'd probably be talking about Embiid as like the most gifted big man of this current era just because of everything that he can do offensively. Obviously, Jokic with his passing ability takes that to another level. But here's a guy, as long as he stays healthy, you're getting an elite big man in terms of fantasy. He's top five in that cat right now. I think he can stay there. I'm pretty sure he can stay there. But the injury injury concerns always kind of hover over Joel Embiid.
1: Well, and there's probably going to be Joel Embiid managers out there who are going to send you angry things on Twitter because you just jinxed Joel Embiid. We haven't we haven't heard the word injury associated with him <laughs> for a couple minutes, but it's always there. It's always in the back of everybody's mind, and uh, it just is what it is. But, I mean, man, when he is rolling, there's really nobody better except maybe a guy named Nikola Jokic, who you mentioned. He had 49 points. 14 boards, 10 assists. I think his final assist was a beautiful pass to get his team a win in overtime against the Clippers. What a night by Jokic. And and again, a guy, I mean, Embiid looks like he might be the best basketball player in the world at times, but then Jokic, I think, has been the best basketball player in the world for a couple of years now. And he's just incredible. And he he makes these passes the big men shouldn't be able to make, and he makes it look so easy. So um, a side note, I, I mean, there's not much to say about Jokic. He's, he's just a man. But Aaron Gordon in that same game had 28 points, pretty fun, full stat line, four three-pointers. Um, he scored 20 or more in three of his last five games. What do you think? Is, is Gordon finally figuring out the NBA after seven years, however long it's been?
2: I think so, uh, specifically what the Nuggets want to do in playing off of a player as talented as Nikola Jokic, because that can be quite the adjustment for anyone. Um, obviously, Aaron played alongside Nikola Vujovic, who's a very good center own right? But he's not a Jokic, so I think that takes a little bit of an adjustment. And it seems like over these last five games, Denver's had some other injuries and health and safety protocol issues where Gordon's been able to step up and do a bit more offensively. Two of those three games that we you mentioned were against the Clippers. He scored 30 a couple weeks back and then 28 last night. So part of it makes you wonder if it's a matchup situation, but I don't think it is. I think he's going to be able to continue on this path that he's currently on.
1: Um, Also, I've I've seen rumblings on Twitter about Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray possibly coming back and playing at some point this season. Starting to think it's going to happen. Just a heads up, if, if you've, I mean nobody has extra IL spots right now, but the COVID list has has shrunk, has shrinken, has shrunk. Shrank. shrunk it's good. done something tremendously <laughs> lately. And it's a lot smaller than it once was. And it, you know, there's guys out there that are probably worth stashing, and and one of those guys, Ralph, has been Kelly O'Linick. Uh another center, another big man. Only played like He didn't play very many minutes last night. I I forgot to to pull up the minutes, but he did not play a ton of minutes, somewhere around 20, maybe 19 minutes.
2: Let's see. He played 22 minutes.
1: 22 minutes. He had 22 points, nine boards, five assists, a steal, a block, two three-pointers, and he was passing up open shots as well, which was weird. Uh, And that's his first game back since November. He kind of ran circles around Isaiah Stewart, who has not been very good. A lot of people are like, well, what happens to Olenek when Jeremy Grant comes back? But a lot of us think Jeremy Grant is going to be traded as soon as he can be. And, I mean, it, I don't know. After that game, it just makes me think Olenek should be rostered every everywhere he can be.
2: Yeah, I'd agree with that, but I wouldn't this one caveat. Opposing centers tend to blow up against the Kings. I think if he played DFS... The Kings are ranked 30th in an opposing center points allowed per game. Obviously, there's only 30 teams in the NBA, so you can kind of figure out what that means. So um, that may have been part of it, but Olenek gives him a bit more. He's a better version of what Trey Lyles was at his best while Olenek was, was down. Um, kind of a mismatch guy with a bit more size, too. He can step out, hit three-pointers. Obviously, you see with the rebounding and the assist, he had a, a very good all-around night for them. So... I'm in agreement that he should be rostered everywhere, but I don't know if we should expect another performance like this in his next game out, but he's certainly capable.
1: Well, I mean, this is basically what he did all of last year for when he was in Houston. And I'm not really, I I think he's good to go. Uh, He wasn't on a minutes count last night. He wasn't really playing traditional center. He looked, looked like he was playing more of a, a forward role. He was kind of out in the perimeter setting up most of the times and then you know he he'd follow shots and and crash the crash the boards to get get rebounds. But I thought he looked great. I, I I tried to pick him up at four o'clock this morning when all all the leagues recycled and he he was gone in all all four Yahoo leagues where I tried to pick him up. So uh maybe too late to get Linux, but you should if you can. Mo Bamba. Okay, so we're, we're sitting here. I'm sitting here getting ready to clock games, and I start seeing these tweets about Mo Bamba. He's got like 26 points and six three-pointers in the first half or something ridiculous. Uh, his career high, I think, was was 26 or 28. He finished with 32 points, four boards, three blocks, seven three-pointers. And, I mean, what a night for Mo Bamba. And, and he's ha- he does this occasionally, not quite this, but he he'll have one of those nights where he'll have like five blocks and three triples and, a bunch of points and boards, and you'll be like, man, the, the potential of this guy is unlimited. When the Carter Jr.'s out, how much do you trust Mo Bama?
2: I think you trust him because of the defense thing. Obviously, he has a habit of hitting the high 20s or even 30s in points. wouldn't expect too much there, but, you know, the, the shot, the shot blocking, you know, the steal here and there is certainly within reason for him. But similar to what mentioned with MB, that I word is kind of hanging out over there because Bomba's really struggled to stay healthy for much of his career. So as long as he's healthy, you should certainly have him in your lineups, but kind of have to prepare for the possibility that something happens too.
1: On Yika Akangwu for the Atlanta Hawks, for my Atlanta Hawks, had 17 points, eight boards, a steal, five blocks in 34 minutes. Clint Capella missed another game. Akangwu uh, is showing skills. He's he's showing breakout potential, but Capella is coming back. Nate McMillan is the most old school, stick to his guns coach there is. He will not double team Carl Anthony Towns, and Akangwu somehow made. McMillan looked like a genius by, by not double teaming him because he, he played him straight up and beat him down in the second half. Uh, his rotations are frustrating. He locks in. He keeps Trey on the bench for the first six minutes of every fourth quarter, regardless of how close the score is. And now he says that when Clint comes back, he's playing center, regardless of what is doing. So is, is that enough to scare you away from picking Okongwu up and locking him in, or are you still going to see what happens here?
2: I'd see what happens at least, at the very least, just because even if he's only playing about 17, 20 minutes per game in a backup role, he can still get you some block shots and some rebounds. So, yeah, I, I would definitely hold on on Onyeka Kongwu until we get a, a, a sign that Nate McMillan's not going to play him at all, and that's not going to happen. So, yeah, I think he's good to go. We'll see when Capella comes back. But, yeah, Kangwu, you, you really have to like what you've seen out of him these last couple weeks.
1: Unfortunately, Matt Strapp and I learned the hard way that Clint Capella cannot be traded this season, so <laughs> he's not going anywhere. Yeah, and I personally want to see a Kongu play. I personally want to pick him up everywhere and just roll with him. But I just think that when Capella comes back, unfortunately, Congu is going to kind of go away. So roll with him until Capella's back, and then get ready for, for some pain after that. Avits Zubac, career night: thirty-two points, ten boards, a block. Uh, started alongside Serge Ibaka, who really, really looks washed up, way more washed up than Lamarcus Aldridge. So Zubac, I did not see a thirty-two and ten coming from that guy. It hasn't been close to that forever. Ralph, one of the questions you asked me in as we prep for this is: Is Serge Ibaka worth holding at any point this season? My answer is no. I just, I just think he's done.
2: Yeah, I'm kind of leaning that way too. um Especially recent comments to you know, get Isaiah Hartenstein Harden, back in that backup role, that doesn't look too promising for Ibaka. It feels like the Clippers are trying to play this, and, and like you know, you get to the playoffs, you kind of go back to that old reliable. Obviously, Ibaka has had some good playoff runs in the past, and that may be how they're trying to play this, but. One, it doesn't do fantasy managers any good uh, because he's not really producing right now. And two, that's the thing. You know, I don't know if he's really got it to that level to where he can just kind of flip a switch and, and be that Sergi Baca that he has been in seasons past. So I'm with you there. I think it's time to kind of pull the plug if you've got him rostered still.
1: Yeah, I hope no one still has him rostered unless you're in like a, a super deep league. I mean, I think I think I had him in a, a league or two. And then as soon as he got hurt and went down with his back, I'm I moved on. I haven't looked back. Luckily, I did not do the same thing with Lamarcus Aldridge. I wanted to. Aldridge has been out for a while with a foot thing. His mid range is right there with Chris Paul. These are two old guys, old school, played with Nate McMillan back in the day, and they like to shoot mid range jumpers. And Aldridge had 27.6 boards, a couple blocks. Great night for him. He's only about fifty percent rostered in Yahoo leagues. To me, I think it got dropped a lot why he was hurt because it was hard. It was hard for me to hang on to him, but now I'm kind of glad I did. He's going to play a big role for Brooklyn. I think you. I think Aldridge should be rostered everywhere. What do you think?
2: Yeah, I lean that way. You know, just because not only his production, but also the other centers in that rotation. Um, Nicholas Claxton dealing with the hamstring injury. Those can be tricky, and he's still out, so who knows when he'll be back and what type of workload he'll be able to take on. Davon Sharp started last night, but he was in foul trouble for most of the night. Only played 16 minutes, so you look at that, and then also add in Kevin Durant being sidelined with the knee injury. They're going to need more scoring from LaMarcus, especially if he's coming off the bench, as he did last night. So for sure, he should, be, he should have a much higher roster percentage than he currently does.
1: Yeah. And as for Dayron, I I don't think Dayron is getting the love
2: that he really deserves right now. He's been good except for last night. So
1: he has been good. And even last night, even then, he
2: scored 14 and six.
1: He had 14 points, six boards. He had a steal and a block. He hit five of six shots and he scored double digits in three games in a row. And he's starting for them with Claxton out. So I think Dayron Sharp is another center that at least deserves a look on waiver wires like he's not he's not he's not a guy you have to have but he's he's playing pretty well and while we're in brooklyn we're going to get away from centers for just a second but Kyrie irving what he had 30 didn't he
2: yeah 33 rebounds seven assists a steal, on two three pointers
1: 30 points seven assists two threes uh he looked great like he really looks better than i thought he was going to and if you look at that Brooklyn schedule, it is all road games all the time, seemingly. And I I think by the time they're done playing road games, he might be cleared to go play uh, at home as well. So I don't know, man. I, if you sat on Kyrie Irving all year waiting for this this to happen, I think it's worth the wait.
2: Yeah, I'd agree with that. I don't know what's going to happen with home games, per se, Um, obviously, because that's above the NBA's say, so to speak. That's a city law that they're going to have to deal with. City mandate, I should say. So, you know, we'll see what happens with the home games. But, yeah, you know, the schedule coming up with a lot of road games on it, really good time for people who still have – who still manage to hold on to Kyrie. He's gifted enough where he's going to give you good numbers. And even if he he struggles offensively, his turnover numbers aren't going to be like that of say a James Harden, who had eight last night. So you're not really too worried about him kind of going out there and doing too much and just trying to just passing the ball all over the place. You know if he's struggling with a shot.
1: Yeah, and then we got one more center, and then we are done with this the center bonanza. But uh, for the Indiana Pacers in the very late game, Ralph, you said you went to bed at, at before the fourth quarter of the Lakers Pacers game, and you're like. Oh, what happened to Sabonis? Because Sabonis tweaked his left ankle pretty badly. It was a pretty bad roll. He was grimacing. He was in pain. The game was on the line. He stayed in there and finished the game. But after the game, Rick Carlisle said he thought the injury might be significant. They play again tonight. I think against Golden State. I doubt Sabonis plays in that game. Although I haven't heard these ruled out yet, so you never know. It's possible. But he had he had a triple double: twenty, twelve, and ten with two triples. Um looked great. Goga batazzi played three minutes in that one. Now, he played heavy minutes and put up a nice stat line in their previous game. But I think with the Lakers, with, with them not really focus, focusing on center, I mean, LeBron plays center for that team half the time. I think they there was no reason for batazzi to really run in there. He, he, and tonight might be the same thing against Golden State. But with, with Sabonis' ankle now kind of wrecked, and Miles Turner out through the All Star break, like Goga Batadze has to be on people's radar, right?
2: Yeah, you know we discussed it on in yesterday's podcast, and you know that was kind of a point there um, that he should be picked up. But the three minutes does concern you um, if Indiana's centers were healthy, you know, because then he becomes basically a matchups guy. Um, certain matchups he'll be able to play; others, like last night, he won't be able to play. Now with the, the ankle roll for Sabonis and Miles Turner's foot, they're kind of going to have to play Goga. Um, I don't know how much. Maybe they go small for longer stretches as well. But I think he should be good for about 25 minutes per game minimum if if Sabonis has to sit out.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, it should be that way. I'm not expecting much tonight against Golden State. But after that, game, after that game, let's take a look. And then while we're talking about it, he's not really a center, but Torrey Craig – played one on TV last night at times, and he hit two of 12 shots, but had five points, 13 boards, two blocks. He played 31 minutes for the Pacers. I think that's a guy who's going to get a lot of run going forward. I think Tory Craig is a guy that you can possibly look at streaming or maybe using as a cheap DFS option uh, as long as these guys are banged up for the Pacers. And again, on Sabonis, we don't know. He could play tonight. I, I've seen stranger things happen. Just the fact that Carlisle called it significant, makes me wonder uh if that's gonna be the case. So
2: quick note on their schedule. Phoenix on the road Saturday and then the end of their road trip Monday night in New Orleans. So those are the next two games after tonight's game against the Warriors.
1: And those those should be more like go-go type games, I would
2: think. Especially that Monday nighter in New Orleans.
1: Guaranteed. The NFL playoffs are here, and NBC Sports Edge Plus has given you a special offer. Get 15% off an Edge Plus annual subscription throughout the playoffs when you use promo code PLAYOFF15. Get every tool for every game at one low price. It's easier than ever to play and wager with confidence when you have NBC Sports Edge Plus. We're getting ready for the divisional round of the playoffs, and the NBC Sports Predictor app powered by PointsBet bet, has you covered with Sunday Night 7. We're giving you a shot to win a million dollars by predicting what will happen between the Bucks and Rams. So download today from your app store or visit NBCSports.com slash predictor for more information. All right, off. My man, my guy, we're back together again. The breakup, the separation period was temporary. Luka Doncic, uh, 41 points, 14 rebounds, 7 assists, 4 three-pointers, just went crazy in that game i i don't know how dallas uh let let them hang around Uh, who uh yeah how they let the raptors hang around because the raptors if you look at their box score all five starters played really well chris boucher played really well off the bench and for the mavericks it was like luca and nobody else so Mm luca kind of carried that team on his back by himself last night the 41 was a season high uh, I, I would like to see more uh, selfish Luca than the Luca we've seen so far, where he's trying to get everybody involved. One thing that that has been messing with him is his shooting has been terrible. He was four of seventeen on Monday, uh, prior to last night, he was two of twenty-seven from three-point land over his last four games. But yet, Luca's still able to carry fantasy teams. What do you think?
2: Agreed. Yeah, I think he's shooting what forty point six percent. Over the last two weeks, you know, so that's not obviously it's not great, especially for a high usage player like him. But on the flip side, he gives you so much in other areas that it's just one of those things that you're just going to have to deal with. So, yeah, I wouldn't be too concerned about that at all, personally.
1: Yeah, what's great about that is the draft show league. I have LaMelo and Luca on that team. I'm winning. I'm in first. I've been in first all year. Um, I'm trying to beat Ryan Knauss this week. I'm, I'm down four to five. But there's a long way to go, and I, I just think having Luca and Lamelo, even when when their some of their non-counting stats are not working out, they're still good enough at everything else. They can just carry you. And at the same time, the Mavericks have suddenly won four in a row, six straight at home. They've only lost one game in the month of January. They sit at number at twenty six and nineteen on the season. They're the number five seed in the West right now, so they're they're kind of starting to roll. And also. I was shocked to find out today, Matt Straup and I have a running Scherzi bet about Lucas free throw percentage. He hit 11 to 12 last night. He's been on fire over his last three games. He's hit 31 out of 35. He's got, that's 86%. He's got his season total over 75% now. And 10 days ago, I didn't think that was possible. I didn't think that was, we were going to see that. So, he's even uh, heating up from the line. So, if you've been Waiting for Luca to get over his Dorito ankles and his COVID and, and all this other stuff. Um, holy cow, he's he's rolling right now. Uh, another guy who I'm sort of having I, – I, I love this kid. Io DeSumo has been on fire for three games for the Bulls. Now, Lonzo Ball out for the next three games. Zach uh, – <laughs> My buddy that's in Vegas, his name is Zach Wiggum. I almost said Zach Wiggum, but it's (laughs) Zach Levine. Yeah. Zach Levine is out for the next three games. Alex Caruso returned uh, on Wednesday night, had nine points, nothing special. Got some Tommy points, you know, some hustle points, but that's about it. DeSumo, meanwhile, had 18 points, three boards, eight assists, two steals, three three pointers. And DeSumo uh, is averaging 17 points, six boards eight assists, two steals over his last three games with seven three-pointers in those. What is your take on
2: him? I'm definitely buying. Um, He was a 38th pick in the NBA draft, which it's easy to say in hindsight that it was too low or a guy's a steal, but it's quite clear that he should have been a first-round pick, Um, but things worked out well for him. You know, Go back to his hometown, and he's on a team where now he can provide actual value. So it's been really good. Lonzo Ball gets got a small tear in his meniscus. I know he's trying to play. He's hoping to be able to play through it after some rest. But if he has to undergo some type of procedure, you're talking about four to six weeks. I think the value of guys like Desunu and Kobe White, it kind of remains steady. Because I thought with Caruso coming back, there was some concern that one of them could, could lose out on some minutes and opportunities. They both started last night. Maybe Caruso gets to start at some point, but given the injuries, I think you have to hold on to both of those guys, meaning Desumu and White, until that kind of clears up.
1: Yeah, and and next, I mean, the Bulls go 4-4-4 four, four, four over the next three weeks schedule-wise. So it doesn't get any better than that. And at this point, I think Caruso's in trouble. I think is going to hurt him. And Desumu is the guy I want to have on my roster right now. And he's 32% rostered, so he's still available in, you know, several leagues and if nothing else you know you're going to get beast mode out of him for at least three games so go get him uh ross Corey joseph of the raptors uh who's filling in or not the raptors or he used to be a raptor he's pissed now he's filling in for killian hayes who was out with a hip injury uh he had 19 points nine assists two three pointers to me he looks like a pretty good streaming option as long as killian hayes is out
2: Yeah, I'd say so, even once Killian returns. Um, You know, Corey may come off the bench again in that scenario, but Killian Hayes isn't the most gifted of scores, to put that kindly. Uh, So they're going to need points from someone. We're still waiting for Frank Jackson to come back from his pretty bad ankle sprain he suffered. So Corey Joseph, I think as long as he starts, he's a definite streamer. And then, you know, once Hayes is back, I don't think you rush to drop Joseph. Unless there's an opportunity to get someone that you absolutely have to have on your roster.
1: Yeah, and Cade Cunningham was in trouble last night, right? He I feel like yeah, he was if he fouled out with 13 points in 21 minutes. Uh, so Cunningham was struggling with foul trouble all night, never really got on track. And that also I think helped help Joseph and probably helped uh Kelly Olenek do what he did. And Sadiq Bey, 30 point night. Let's not forget about that. That was that was pretty good. Tell you what, the Pistons are a mess. Like, I don't know that anybody really wants to seek out a Pistons broadcast and dial it in if you don't have a, a vested interest, but they're kind of fun now because Olenek and Amadou Diallo had a crazy dunk. Cade Cunningham is fun. Joseph's playing well. Bay is playing well. Uh, Rodney Magruder is actually doing things. He's he's had like back-to-back big games. He had 15 points, three triples, so – uh, don't sleep on your Pistons. They got. They also beat the Kings. They got to win. So props to them. Speaking of the Kings, Terrence Davis uh, started in place of um, and out Tyrese Halliburton. And I was not intelligent enough to put him in my FanDuel lineup, nor did I pick him up and throw him in any regular lineups. Terrence Davis was beast mode last night. 35 points, six boards, three assists. steal Bach hit seven three-pointers. Like, what do you think about that?
2: Davis was actually one of my good fan dual picks last night. So, uh, a pleasant surprise to see him go off to that level. You know, we've seen some flashes from him in the past, and he's at the opportunity to go ahead and score. You know, with Halliburton being out, obviously the equation changes once Tyrese is back in action, but. While he's out, you might as well roll with Terrence Davis, because I'm not really too sure about say a Davion Mitchell or even a buddy healed at this point. Uh if we're looking at other options to kind of pick up the slack fantasy wise. So
1: why why do the Kings not like Davion Mitchell?
2: I don't know if they I think they like him. I just don't know if the 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 match of team and and draft pick really fit because you know, you hear the trade rumors about De'Aaron Fox, and then there's another report saying that the Kings want to build around Fox and Halliburton, but if you want to do that, the draft pick of Davion Mitchell makes even less sense. You know, because where is he going to play? I don't think, I don't know anybody who aims to draft a bench player with a ninth pick in a draft. You know, if you do do that, that would probably say something about your organization more than anything. So, yeah, it, it really doesn't make sense. Like, he's had his moments, but the scoring, the shooting percentages have been low. I think it kind of shows that his last season at Baylor was a bit of a a mirage, you know, especially you look at free throw percentage has always been poor for him. And now he's he's been struggling to make shots. I think last night he was better. You know, he's 13.5 and nine shooting, four assists. So you'll take that. But I feel like his ceiling is really limited in Sacramento.
1: Well, Sacramento has one game left. It's on Saturday. They only had two games this week. So chances are Terrence Davis was sitting out there Davion Mitchell, like we said, he, he only played 24 minutes despite no Tyrese Halliburton, so it's Terrence Davis time. Uh, Halliburton is in the protocol, so hard to say exactly how long he'll be out. But, uh, yeah, Terrence Davis, have yourself a night. LaMelo Ball posts a triple-double in his return. He had a 15-10-10 and line, not tremendous, three three-pointers. Rafi looks a little bit off. He hasn't been the LaMelo we saw the first quarter of the season since he's returned to action he only hit 5 and 15 shots 8 turnovers like that was my favorite thing about LaMelo early in the year he would only have one or two turnovers per game so i i don't know um is LaMelo okay it's
2: a good question i think he can obviously with the assists he can give you production in other areas but at a certain when you combine poor shooting with turnovers that's when you get concerned he hasn't made a habit of having those high turnover games like hitting 7 or 8 so I think he, obviously you write it out with him. Uh, maybe I don't know if because I, I kind of worry about trying to find a trade for him because you do that, then he goes ahead and blows up, and you're kind of left with a bad <laughs> with a bad uh, return, you know, on that investment, so to speak. So I, I think he'll be fine, but yeah, you'd like to see him make a few more shots, obviously.
1: Yeah, like I said, I'm rolling with Lamelo and and Luca in that one league, and having those two together is so fun, and and. You know, Lamelo's going to get it back. He's going to get hot again. I'm really not worried about it. I think it's just a matter of time before he's he's balling out again. Jimmy Butler got tossed after 15 minutes. Ruff, you know the funny thing about that is he he was awarded a foul call. Like the foul was against against the other team, and he still was mad and argued so much that he got thrown out of the game. Uh, and it was an and one for him, so that was pretty funny. Uh, Caleb Martin kind of went nuts with 26 points, three threes. Max Struess, who's been playing really well, scores 15 with four triples. I think both of these guys. Um, well, I think Struess is a guy you add now. I think Caleb Martin is a guy you want to roll with when Jimmy Butler's not playing.
2: Yeah, I think the other thing that helps Martin is that they've been without with Kyle Lowry last night out uh, due to personal reasons. So. You, know, you you add in the Butler ejection, now there's a sudden need for another playmaker. And that's always been one of Caleb's strengths, going back to his college days, being able to make plays with the ball in his hands. So the usage went up, and he certainly took advantage of it.
1: Yeah. Uh, Nasir Little, my guy, plays for Portland, only played 12 minutes, suffered a right knee injury. I don't know there's anybody that's going to fill in for him. I think Ben McLemore is probably that guy, if there is somebody. I'm just hoping Little doesn't miss too much time. He didn't even score in that game. I've got him rostered in a lot of places, so that, that hurt me a little bit. Portland has a pretty good schedule, I think. They go four this week, four next week, four the week after that. So I was all ready for some Nasir Little uh, silliness. But Ben McLemore, Roth, does that do anything for you?
2: No. He's basically a points and three-pointers guy. And when the threes aren't falling like they were last night, he was 0 for 7. It really isn't anything to get in terms of value. I think in, in extremely deep weeks, I'd probably roll the dice on CJ Ellaby before I would have been Macklemore. But, yeah, you're, you're kind of scraping the bottom of the barrel there fantasy-wise.
1: <laughs> uh, also, let's not forget that Robert Covington has been playing really well. Uh, he's sort of on fire. I remember when we had Adam Schefter on Straub and I had Schefter on a couple of years ago. He's like, or last year, he's like, man, I'm kind of done with Robert Covington. I don't get it. I can't, I can't deal with this guy scoring three points and and shooting it poorly. But he's kind of filling it up everywhere right now. And you get Nas Little out of the way, and I think that's going to help Covington even more. So I think Covington might be a good, might be a good trade target right now. Couple more here, and then we might take a question or two. Despite being without Desmond Bain and Kyle Anderson due to protocols, the Grizzlies still did not really use De'Anthony Melton last night. Seventeen minutes, man. Why do they not like this kid? John Conchar is playing massive minutes, and he's we he had one big game this season. The rest of it's just sort of blah. So I don't know, man. I let De'Anthony Melton play.
2: Yeah, you'd like to see it. I think Contrary, he had a full stat line last night. Didn't do much scoring-wise with six points, but the rebounding got you some block shots, some assists, some steals. He might be worth rolling to Tyson for at least a couple games here. I think Melton, he's in a tough spot. I, I kind of wonder if they see him as kind of sliding over to a backup point guard role with with uh, Tyus Jones also out too, so – yeah, that's a tough spot for Melton. It kind of feels like Memphis hasn't truly really figured out where exactly they want Melton to play just because of, he can do a little bit of everything. And that's kind of messed up his fantasy prospects, if
1: anything. All right, Ralph, Uh Do you have anybody else that I did not hit that you have a burning desire to talk about?
2: No. I think we're good to go there.
1: <laughs> I, I should have gave you that heads up a little earlier. Let's, let's take a few questions. You cool with that? Yeah, that's fine. This one's great. I, I love this. Hollow Man says, Tal- talk me out of dropping Jonathan Isaac for Onyuki Okongwu in a Dynasty League. I don't know that I can talk you out of that. I feel like, I mean, how much longer and how many more seasons are we going to wait for Jonathan Isaac? Every year it's the same thing. Like, kid has all the potential in the world, and we still haven't seen him again this season. And... He's never been healthy, never been healthy for more than like weeks at a time. So the way Akangwu looks and the fact that he is the center of the future for Atlanta, I think I would do it, Ralph. I think I would go get a Well, What do you think?
2: Yeah, I lean that way as well. Because we've certainly seen flashes from Jonathan Isaac. But like you mentioned, the injuries are, are what make it so difficult here. I would probably go ahead and make that move myself, you know, to go get Akangwu right now.
1: Dav, 2099. How badly is Lonzo Ball hurt? Uh, is he going to need surgery? I think, I think that is a great question because they say Zach Levine will be back after his three-game road trip. And the, the, t- the tweet I saw was actually Lonzo's situation is a bit more murky. And that you don't love to hear. If he has surgery, yes, he's a drop for sure. If he's going to be out for a month he's probably a drop. And and we already talked about this quite a bit, but, you know, I'm picking up Io if Ball is gone. But if you want Io, I think you need to eat him now and not wait to find out how badly Ball's hurt. What, what are your thoughts on Ball?
2: Um, I, well, we kind of touched on it earlier in terms of what he could possibly need surgery, and then that would kind of lengthen the timeline out. So, yeah, I, I think Dasumu is the guy that I lean towards. And, and if you're looking to prioritize which one between he and Caruso, so... Either way, I don't think you can go wrong with either one, but, yeah, I like Dasunu's offensive upside a little bit more as a scorer than Caruso right now.
1: Bogus picked two out of these four, Norm Powell, Vando, Kelly Olenek, or Devin Vassell. Vanderbilt must have done something. He must not have done much. I didn't have that game last night, but I'm getting a lot lot of information on Twitter that Vanderbilt did not do well, I guess, against the Hawks.
2: Ten points, eight boards, three assists, and three steals in just twenty-one minutes. So that's not a bad one for him. A
1: lot of people want to drop him and maybe pick up somebody hot, I guess. There were tons of hot guys last night. But I think out of that group. I'm gonna go with Norm Powell, who I think is gonna to have to step up a little bit in that small forward role without Nas little there. And then
2: Powell is currently out too.
1: Yeah. Is he but it's protocols, right? So he'll be back soon. I actually right now, right now, if we're talking for tonight's games and tomorrow's games. Kelly Olenek and Devin Vassell. That's who I'm going with. Vassell had a nice line last night. Olynyk looks good to go.
2: Give me Powell and Olynyk. Those would be my two choices. I like Vassell a lot, but I don't trust Popovich with his wing rotations down there. So that's why I kind of steer clear of him.
1: Well, I was going powell Olynyk, but then Vassell's line last night kind of kind of got me fired up, and I forgot that he plays for Greg Popovich for a minute. So... um. Let's see. Gichoa says Pat Beverly was dropped in four thousand leagues uh, yesterday after he sprained his ankle and left the game. Is that premature? I mean, Patrick Beverly to me is a guy like if he's healthy and I know he's going to play, I want him on my team. If he's if there's a chance he's not going to play, I'll drop him and go pick up somebody else. He's one of those guys that just bounces off of waiver wires all season long. I think he's. I bet you in that league he's been on four or five different rosters already because that's who Pat Beverly is.
2: I don't really. He's not too. He'll get your defensive stats some assists, but with that roster, there's only so much he can do fantasy-wise. Before the injury, he kind of played himself into a role where he's kind of a must-have fantasy player, but I don't know, really. he's never really excited me too much as a fantasy option, personally.
1: The only person I know that gets excited about Pat Beverly is, is Matt Straub, and even then it's it's a weird, it's a weird kind of excited. Like I can't even explain it. All right. Uh Oreo wants to know the outlook on Brandon Clark the rest of the season. I don't have his line in front of me right now, Ralph, R- R- but he had a good game again last night. Like 16 points, eight boards, two steals, two blocks. He's just kind of like the a glue that's holding that second unit together in in Memphis. And I feel like he's been playing well for Uh, over a month now. I kind of like him.
2: 14 points, four boards, one assist, two steals, and two blocks in 26 minutes last night. So, you know, even with the absences, he's still around that mid twenties point in terms of minutes and he's giving you good value. So we'll see what happens once that Memphis rotation is complete, but I I think he's got a really good outlook. Um, If you can get him on your roster this would obviously be a good time to do it because of the health and safety protocol absences. But I think it will be a hold once guys like Kyle Anderson are back.
1: Yeah. Last one. M. Nel- I had something to say and I totally forgot what it was. Uh, M. Nelson says, guys, I don't speak Clippers. How long is a few weeks for Paul George? He's available in my league. Should I scoop him up? What do you think?
2: I wouldn't. Is they, yeah, who knows? I think they're, they're hoping that rest – is going to be, you know, what kind of gets Paul George back into, into the flow of things. But I think he's dealing with like a torn UCL on his elbow or something like that. So, and it's a shooting elbow. So it's not like he, it's his left elbow where he can kind of, he can wrap it up and kind of play off of it after some rest. That's going to take some some time. I don't think I'd pick him up personally. I do have him stashed in the IL spot in one of my teams. But if you don't have him, I wouldn't use a spot on him personally.
1: You wouldn't use an IL spot on them either.
2: Well, I can't really say that because I currently am. So <laughs> that would be kind of hypocritical. But, yeah, if you don't have them and you're thinking about picking them up, I probably would not do that. I think there are some other options that you can go ahead and get some, some good value on right now.
1: Oh, Okay. All right, Roth. We're 43 minutes in. I think that's about, uh, that's about a wrap on this edition. Uh, Straub, myself, and Jonas will be here on Friday for some waiver wire talk. You and I will be back. Next Thursday, as usual. Anything else you got?
2: No, I think that's it.
1: All right. Hope you all have a good weekend. And, Ralph, you do the same.
2: Thank you.